Hi, I just wanted to say that at this point in the recording, just five seconds in, uh, my screen was suddenly filled with the image of an enthusiastic young man with curly hair, holding both arms out with both his thumbs aloft. And well, it's confused and distracted me. And so if you can sense any discombobulation in uh, my upcoming intro, then that is why. All will be explained momentarily. Enjoy the episode. On the menu today, we've got mussels with testosterone and hairy chests. Though personally, I prefer white wine and garlic sauce. Oh, well, each to their own. Um, lads, 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 lads. You're listening to episode 74 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, where this time a man's got to do what a man's got to do. No, not putting up a shelf. That wouldn't make for good podcast content at all. You want an instructional video on YouTube for that. But there will still be plenty of hammers involved as we take a look at a bunch of men intent on violent revenge. So we need to get ourselves tooled up. I'm Cliff, and I'm joined by three regular tools, Emily, Luke, and Bryony. Hey. Hi. Before we continue, why is... Uh, <laughs> we got a picture of... It's, I can't tell if there's a very old picture of Ellis or quite an old picture of Sean. We're seeing your desktop, Izzy, I think. Oh, it asked me if I wanted to share desktop, and I... Oh, you don't want to share desktop. I said yes. <laughs> I wondered what that was going. Oh, so who's this enthusiastic man who's joined us? He's staying so still with his thumbs up. Was Alice? <laughs> it was Alice all along. Why did he have Sean Walsh's hair? <laughs> that was him in the olden days when I first met him. I told you I was shit with technology, Cliff. Do you believe me now? That's <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. alright. <laughs> we'll get through it. Do you remember in the pandemic when like people kept crashing Zoom calls and like showing their dicks and stuff? I thought we had like a more a wholesome version of that happening. Just like a <laughs> who's this encouraging man? Oh, that's the clean nice. version. <laughs> yeah. And getting into the spirit of things, even our guest devil was brought back up with her. It's comedian, actor, and novelist Izzy Sutty, plus her bodyguard and BFF Anne. Yes. Hello. And member of the public, Anne. She's a, mem- <laughs> a valued member of the community. Yes, I'm a member of the general public. <laughs> Hello, you two. You're right. We're, we're, fine. we're fine. We might not be in a minute, Good. though, because I've brought around some wine that's been open in my fridge for nearly three weeks, so it might kill us. <laughs> what were you doing? Dry, end of Feb, start of March? Yeah, one of those it? boring things. So uh, mm. we're just seeing how the wine is. <laughs> it's actually fine. It, it feels like we're going to live. Okay, <laughs> maybe for the next twenty been minutes. Opening it and breathing in it every every couple of days. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, thanks for joining us. You, you, you two, you chose this theme of men doing brutal revenge. I think it would surprise a lot of people, Izzy, to know that you enjoy watching such wanton violence. <laughs> yeah, well, we really like folk horror, don't we, Anne? Yes, uh, we do. But. We wanted to kind of stretch ourselves. Mm-hmm. We really enjoyed this category, and I think we'll probably end up watching more. Cool. Well, we will get on to that thuggery shortly, but first, our highs and lows of horror viewing in recent weeks. Luke, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, my high is uh, Scream 6. Okay. It's Ghostface in New York. I think it's the like the best one since the first film. It's got a lot of suspense. Uh, the goriest one as well and kept me guessing mm-hmm. the whole way through. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm annoyed that the tagline wasn't, hey, I'm stark in here. <laughs> what, because it's in 
Because he's in New York and he stalks his victims. That's the joke. It's very funny. All jokes are better with footnotes. Those are that's the rules. <laughs> and my low is Skinnamarink. <gasps> what? 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 How is that your oh, low? Dear. It's it's because it's a film with just it has one good moment, but it's mostly just a camera pointed at walls for the first half an hour. Yeah, and then forty minutes in, a scary face appears on the screen, and <laughs> and then that is it, and some blood squirts at one point. But most of the film is pointing at walls. It's excellent though. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it is not, but uh, you know. I've been debating whether or not to watch this, and now I'm really, really not sure. <laughs> Everyone's... Is it a streaming one, or is it a proper one? A shudder. It's all shudder. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. It did have a brief run at the Prince Charles, and one of my friends was really on about going to see it, and I was just like, but I've heard everyone say it's rubbish. And but... it's called Skinnamarink. Yeah, Skinnamarink. Yeah. Mm. Is he, Anne, did I hear you say, oh no? <laughs> Anne said, oh no, at the title, didn't you? There's a kid <laughs> song that makes me think of that's called skidamarink a dink <laughs> <laughs> and I was okay. just imagining something really revolting involving skin, but luckily it didn't turn out that way. It was just involving walls. It's <laughs> walls. Yeah, it's just it's it is mainly walls. Unless the revolting thing involving skin was happening, but the camera was pointed at the wall. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, all there is is whispering. There are a few characters in it. It's about a family, but you don't really see the family very often. They're mainly out of frame. So your mom mainly just looking at the walls oh, okay. and the floor and the windows and that. Is it artsy because they're out of shot? Is it like you just... It's like too cheap to be properly artsy. And and yet it's 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 boring. Definitely it's boring. <laughs> but if you stick with it... Five stars. If you stick with it's it, definitely it, boring. It, 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 it grows on you. Well, it grew on me. And by the end, I was absolutely fucking shitting myself. It's really good, I thought. I was very impressed. Didn't you find weird shit scary and unsettling though? Because like, yeah, you weren't you weren't scared last night, but then you find walls scary. No, I don't find walls scary. I find <laughs> yeah, the whole atmosphere yeah, of skin everyone knows scary. Oh, I'm close to wall. I'm now. <laughs> Is it because you don't like grouting? You just uh, get really <laughs> get really upset. They haven't done it properly. <laughs> they haven't boxed in oh. the skirting boards. <laughs> Don't, don't. It's, it's traumatic. I've got this weird bit that goes up to my kitchen that's got um, the, where the floor is on a different, slightly different level by about three inches from the floor next to it. And there's this bit of wood that sort of goes up like a little step, but the, that's always falling off. And then the, the the edge of the marble floor just falls apart. And it's, oh, it's, I don't know how to fix it. So what you're saying is that out. if this film is just about a wall, you are the target audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah <thank> <laughs> I feel like you should make a film put and point a camera at that bit of the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With all the lights off, so you can hardly see anything. Like yeah. it's You'll be- make two million in the box office in America. So we'd watch it, wouldn't we, Anne? Yeah, especially if we could hear you unraveling in the background, Cliff, like screaming and whimpering. That's basically what Skinnerink is. Yeah, you hear the sound of a family going. It's two very small children who realise that they're. They're possibly alone in the house or that their parents have changed Ooh. in the night or something. And all the windows and doors have disappeared from the house. Yeah. Oh, that one. That looks good, though. 
Yeah, yeah, see, I thought it looked you good. You made but then it sound shit, shit, but I've seen the trailer. Because it is. It looks really good. <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued. You were just like, it's walls, but there's more than walls. There's more going on. There's a plot from what You'd I You'd be surprised the, the amount of wall content. <laughs> there's content, a lot of wall right? content. <laughs> well, you know what? Unlike Cliff, I, I like a good wall. <laughs> there you go. I'm partial. So you like walls too much to enjoy skin and marink? Is that what you're saying? I like walls. I like sausage walls. I like normal walls. I like old walls ice cream. I like woolworths. Yeah, shit out of luck with that. <laughs> Still bitter. Got, got some terrible news for you. <laughs> you got you got to go to Australia to uh, find a I did. <laughs> I, d- I bloody did though, didn't I? I was thrilled. Should we stop talking about wall horror? No, <laughs> this is the podcast your... now. <laughs> no, this is the show. <laughs> Brian, what's your highs and lows? No lows. Um, hi, I watched Pearl. Good film. Um, I think we've discussed it previously, so nothing to add. I enjoyed the Scarecrow. Mm, so did she. Blimey. She did. She did. Um, no, it was lovely. It was really well put together. It's amazing they put it together in such a short time. Um, so well done. I'm looking forward to Max Zine. Um, yeah. the next one. I hope it's not shit because he's had two for two so far. Um, uh-huh. and my other high was spending a lovely evening with Cliff in London last night at the Saw. Yes. Saw the escape experience. Have you not had your fill of the Saw films? Fancy an evening of pretending to... I'm too scared to watch those Saw films. Those Saw films oh. terrify me. Oh my God. <laughs> we need to build up to it. Yeah. <laughs> We're novices over here. Maybe we need to drink more two-week-old yes, wine. down it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I recommend drinking two-week wine, going down Tower Hill and doing Saw the Experience. Was it truly scary or was it like... What was it like? It was like... It's escape rooms in a horror way. Yeah, it was it was scary crystal maze. Um, and my knees yeah. are bruised because we we went for like the more physically demanding one. Yeah. Yeah, despite me having a gammy hip and knee, I was like, I'll do the crawling. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you have to sort off any of your body parts to get out? No, I mean we can't. Can we spoil? Like, me people might go. There was like some. Yeah. There were some good callbacks. Have you got all your fingers still? <laughs> But let's just um, say not everyone we were there with has all their body parts left. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we were shit at that one game. Um, so you're two. We were shit two out of five. Yeah, yeah. So your your kind of progress in the escape room. There's like five rooms, and your progress affects the characters. You, you pretend to be, you know, one of John Saw's victims. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. But I'll let, I'll let Cliff talk in more enthusiastic terms I about just- it. Just point out for the the integrity of the podcast, we don't think he's called John Saw. Yeah, he's called, he is, he's called Johnny Saw. That's his name. He's like, hello, I'm John Saw. Do you want to play a game? And everyone's like, I don't want to play. And he's like, no, I'll just do it. That's the and, um, Cockney musical knows. version that only exists in your head. It's such a good version. Anyway, yes. Um... Emily? Um, I've got two highs. First of all, in classic me fashion, I got around to watching a film that the rest of you recommended ages ago. I watched A Wounded Fawn on Shudder. Oh, it's good, isn't it? It's really good. I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, this is folk horror I like the premise. That's weird. And then it, it's suddenly about an hour in. It goes from being weird and atmospheric to absolutely batshit insane. What happens during the end credits is absolutely jaw-dropping. It's amazing. Yeah. So I kind of went from, oh, I'm enjoying this to fucking hell. So yeah, whatever the people that made that were on, I want some of that. It's a 
It's an experience. I've mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and the other one uh, was um, the third part of the In Search of Darkness documentary series about 80s horror, which is basically, I realised, just a horror fan's version of those programmes they used to have on Channel 4 that were like best 100 sitcoms ever, but involving like exploding heads. And they've gone for like the really sort of obscure ones now. So I, I, be, I was watching it and then every now and then Googling going, oh, I want to watch that. And then finding these films are not available anywhere. They're probably somewhere down the back of YouTube. I haven't seen any of them, but I definitely need to, especially if they're like those list shows. But they haven't got people like talking heads, like people from Atomic Kitten being like, I remember the first time I saw a head. Explode. I really wish they did, but no, they, they have um, they have kind of horror experts and people that were in the movies or made the movies. Oh, brilliant! It's not yeah. like the Channel Five ones That's where they've it. clearly just shown the people the thing like five minutes before, and they go, "Oh, I remember when." Yeah. And you're like, "You know, you didn't. You just no. watched a clip just now in a hotel room somewhere." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then they just say the thing that's happening. Go, yes. And then his head exploding. You're like, I can see it exploding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the star of um, 50 Funniest Moments of 2010. <laughs> Is he <this> <laughs> I think I probably did do. I have done a couple of you those. You did do things. that. I just checked. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> What was number one? Remember Grange Hill. <laughs> and that, uh, Do you remember Grange Hill and when that kid's head exploded? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, Anne and I couldn't, we couldn't think of any lows, could we? Not really. But we went to a horror show at Somerset House Oh, oh, did any of yeah. you guys go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Loved it. It was great. amazing, wasn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. Lots of ghoulish heads in glass mm. cases and severed limbs and little trinkets with blood on them. It was yeah. lovely. Yeah, I got a photo of the severed heads because I really like um, Psychoville and Inside Number 9 and there was a moment of, I hope no one nicks my phone because the first thing they're going to see is a really <laughs> realistic looking hollowed out <laughs> severed head. Yeah, I brought, I brought my photos home to show my kids. Nice. They, they ran out of the room screaming. <laughs> You've got to indoctrinate them early, haven't Absolutely. you, with horror? Yeah. Totally. There was an odd thing that I want to find out if it's a real thing, and you guys probably have more of an idea than I was. Scarfolk. It was created around a fictional northern town. Yeah. yeah. So there were these posters that were really, really chilling that were kind of a bit like the look before you cross the road style posters and I couldn't work out if they'd just been created or if they did refer to a real thing called Scarfolk so is it a real thing? Well, if we want to go along with a joke, that's the whole point of Scarfolk. Is yes, it's real, but if we don't talk about it. Ah, <laughs> okay. How gullible we are, is he? Yeah, it's it's a very talented graphic designer with an extremely active imagination who's like created this entire world, like doing all the very seventies typefaces and the yeah. like the, the mad kids books, etc. So yeah, he is. It is someone's mad creation, but some of them really do look like the old road safety posters and so on. Got anything else? I had a high. I watched that Mm -hmm. film that you might have all seen. It's a folk horror called Men, starring Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear, um, Mm -hmm. where basically... It's a bit of a spoiler, but most of you have probably seen it anyway. But Rory Kinnear gives birth to himself over and over and over again. And it's really revolting. <laughs> yeah, my but, friend actually ran out of the cinema just after that bit. <laughs> really? Yeah. Afterwards, oh. he was like, I like body horror, but that really got to me. So I don't know. Oh, I couldn't stop laughing. It's very silly, yes. Especially my brother went to school 
with Rory Kinnear. I think Rory Kinnear was in the year above. So I just can never forget this. So whenever, I mean, Rory Kinnear is an amazing actor, but I just keep thinking of him at school with my brother. So I'm never really that afraid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like if you've seen him like singing in the carol concert. <laughs> yes, then it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> can you get hold of his um, school photo and see if he really does look like the school <laughs> version of himself in May? <laughs> I shall do my best. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I'm always going to remember about men is when me and Bryony first saw the trailer in the cinema and the title came up and we just looked at each other and went, men. <laughs> okay, my high is um, it's horror adjacent. Has anyone seen Surge starring Ben Whishaw as an airport no, security no, worker who no. has a series of manic episodes and... Uh, of his serious mental problems. Um, he's incredible in it. I've never seen anyone play fucked up and mental quite like him. There's an incredible 11 minute single take up and down Tottenham High Road as he's running around trying to get five quid to buy an HDMI cable. With. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's, it's not what, you, what you'd normally call horror, but. The plight you know, of the modern man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That yeah, was yeah. like me trying to buy the headphone splitter for. Mine and Anne's microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you went into a frenzy on Amazon. <laughs> I must have the splitter. <laughs> ben Whishaw's it like I can't imagine him ever being not brilliant. I'd really mm. love to see that. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's on iPlayer. It's great. All right, they were our highs and lows. Now let's move on to this month's theme. They say that revenge is a dish best served cold, but I used to say that about baked beans and. To be honest, I was just being a typical lazy man in the kitchen. Men. 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 <laughs> and our first feature about a man with a plan is Paul Blartmore Cop. Not really. <laughs> it's Dead Man's Shoes, directed by Shane Meadows in 2004. People who commit evils in God's eyes are not beyond redemption. I'm going to have to go back to town in a bit, mate, to sort some business out. I don't want to go, Richard. You don't have to. What did you do to him? What did you do? We'll find you! It's Antley's brother, isn't it? It's Antley's brother. You know the lads had this ridiculous idea that... Yeah, it was me. Make me very nervous, Richard. Well, you should be. If I were you... I'd get in that car and I'd get out of here, man. Because I'm going to hit you all. You get to me first. He ain't going away, fellas. He's got to get done. God will forgive them. He'll forgive them and allow them into heaven. I can't live with that. A doorman in a Midlands town terrorises a group of drug dealers, rapists, gangsters and thugs who carried out a campaign of bullying and humiliation against his disabled brother. But not just any Midlands town, is it, Izzy? Um, no, it's not. Um, it is my hometown of Matlock, the gateway to the Peak District. <laughs> Trademark. It must just bring kind of memories flooding back. Yeah. Just watching all the locations. And also my childhood involved the fun end of the things they do in Dead Man's Shoes, if that makes any sense. Like, um, yeah. I'm happy to say it wasn't dark in, in any of the same ways, um, but... <laughs> Matlock is was a really cool place to grow up. There was a lot of like going up to Ryber Castle, which is the castle that you sort of see Anthony at um, mm. in the kind of flashback bit and doing illegal things and camping and kind of. So it, 
I think it's sort of amazing that they picked Matlock because it it is such a beautiful place with that underbelly of darkness. I suppose partly because it's so picturesque, but a lot of the people who live there lead kind of lives which perhaps have traces of some of the characters' lives. It's not like they went to sort of Canterbury and were like, let's film it here. It felt kind of very fitting and we're all really proud. They do tours of like the locations and stuff. And... <laughs> is that a really grim pub? Is that a real, is it a pub or a working men's club? I went on my first date with a boy called Ollie uh, next to that pub in a place called The Snack Bar. Um, and there's an alleyway between The Snack Bar and that pub. And I hope it's still there. It's upstairs. Yeah, the last time I went back, it was still there. If I ran a business that was featured in Dead Man's Shoes, I would put that all over the uh, awning and the billboards. You could run an off-licence called Dead Man's Booze. Oh, nice. my God, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and a news agent's called Dead Man's News. Yeah. <laughs> and then the toilets could be called Dead Dead Man's Booze. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or just a shoe shop would call it Dead Man's Shoes. Yeah, yeah, and then yes, the funeral director, Dead Man's. <laughs> is is the shoe shop a secondhand shoe shop though? I suppose it would have to be, and then yeah, they, they, would they be probably man. would be literal yeah. Dead Man's shoes. <laughs> yeah, I think could branch out and just do a general charity shop. Dead Man's shoes and shirts. Yes, so it's also plates. Dead Man's plates. <laughs> do you know they sell loads of plates? In that? <laughs> the hospital, Dead Man's bruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's how hospitals normally advertise them. That's when God brews. That's when Matlock starts to gentrify and they open up their own craft brewery. Mm. And they call yes. It oh, yes. Bryony, why don't you work for the tourist board? <laughs> <laughs> Why does Matlock need a tourist board when they've got Dead Man's Shoes? <laughs> the pet shop, Dead Man's Cockatoos. Yes. <laughs> I feel like the whole episode could just be this. This yeah, happens yeah, quite a lot. It does, yeah. So what struck me watching this, I, I love this film, but what really struck me is that for all the times you see it on lists of the most disturbing films ever made, it's really funny. Yeah. And it's actually not that much more bleak than most British sitcoms these days. No. I... You know, look, I mean, Izzy, you were in the Joe Brand sitcom Damned. It's a similar kind of sense of dark humour and bleakness, isn't it? It's, uh... Yeah, Dead Man Machines, it, it is really funny. Like, and even when he's being quite scary, there is a kind of comical, almost clown-like edge to some of mm. the characters. You've got the, oh. the showdown between him and um, Eyeshadow Man, oh, yeah. and they're both trying to be as hard as possible. He's still got the eyes; he's got remnants of it. Yeah. And even Paddy oh. Paddy Constantine is fucking brilliant and everything. I love him, and he's a great comedic actor as well, um, which is why this works so well because he's he's generally quite scary, but it's also just really fucking funny as well. That whole standoff scene. If it was done in like an American small town, it'd be really like quite threatening, but. It's just so uniquely British and more real. A lot of the humour comes from the line delivery. Because even though they are absolutely awful people, the gang that he's getting the re- revenge against, you have all these scenes of them like just dicking around and chatting shit that just feel really, really natural. There's a bit where um, the guy that he swears at in the bar, um, he explains sort of to the to Eyeshadow Man, 
uh, the the head honcho guy, what's happened? And he goes, well, there was this man and he called me a cunt. And the um, eyeshadow man just goes, well, of course he called you a cunt. Everyone calls you a cunt. Just those little tiny little <laughs> character bits. There's a lot of warmth between them, isn't there? Like yeah. it feels like they have known each other all their lives and you yes. really believe that they're um, a close group of friends. Mm. One of my favourite things is like, yeah, they're, they're awful people. They've done this awful thing, but they're also like, Super small time, and they're quite, they're a gang, but they're a really shitty gang. They found a bit of money in gear and they live in a small town, that's yeah. what they do. And then they're going out, sort of vibing in a Citroen 2CV. Yeah, piling into a tiny car. And because they have got those comedy moments, I think those scary moments hit a lot harder for mm. me. I mean, you're always aware that there's a very serious revenge story going on, but you relax a bit and then you go, oh, th- I'm really scared now, <laughs> which mm. I quite like. I quite like being wrong-footed like that. Yeah, Paddy Considine's so scary. I find him so scary. I wrote down the, my favourite thing that he said in the film, which was, if you make a noise, I'll push this in your spine, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, but for me, it was a relief to watch this again because I've been watching House of the Dragon, where Paddy Considine plays a very ill, feeble, kindly king who is basically panting, oh, yeah. panting with exhaustion all the time <laughs> and covered in pussy, leachy boils. So it was actually quite nice to watch Dead Man's Shoes again and realise that Paddy isn't about to die at all times. <laughs> he, he can be Paddy Power. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> I, um, can I just say that I don't condone gambling at all? No. That isn't my way of... I haven't been asked by Paddy Power to drop into a podcast a week. Well, you know, some people get paid by brands to go, oh, I was uh, walking down the high street the other day and I had a really great Costa. Anyway, let's talk about horror. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sponsored by Costa either. I'd just like to make that clear. I'll punish her later. I was walking down the high street the other day and I was realising how comfortable my shoes were from Dead Man's Shoes. And uh, anyway. <laughs> Matlock High Street. <laughs> Monday to Friday. <laughs> it's the only disturbing horror film with chicken korma pot noodles as a plot point, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I challenge anyone to find another film that features chicken korma it's pot noodles. detail that, that counts, though, because like, his whole shelf is just stacks and stacks and stacks of cup noodles. Mm. It's fucking brilliant. Did you call them cup noodles? Are you avoiding the uh, brand naming? They definitely are pot noodles. They are pot noodles, but I like saying cup noodles because I'm like, I've been to Japan. Ooh. No, they're pot noodles. Um, sure. sure, yeah. You can edit that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm leaving that in. That's really good. It's good good content. In fact, that'll, that'll be the trailer. Right. <laughs> Our trailers would just be like, just knob jokes and puns for 30 seconds. Yeah, pretty much. It sums up the podcast. Don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I think the one word that sums up this podcast is, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Apart from last month when it was Goblins. Because that's a... Yeah, it was Goblin. There was too many Goblins. Too many Goblins. Goblins. <laughs> Luke? I've always liked Shane Meadows' films. I think they all feel very natural. I've never seen any of his films and they felt like people were actually acting. It actually feels like people really talking to each other. And just even when Paddy Constantine is really horrific in this film, I just think it feels like true anger from him and it feels natural the whole way. And yeah, I think it's a, a great film. Actually, Shane Meadows did make a film that was basically an advert for Eurostar, didn't he, once? Yeah, Summer's Town. I, I, I... Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Is it the kids doing photography? Is it that one? Um, it's got Thomas Turgoose. Um, I don't remember there being any adverts for Eurostar in it, but... <laughs> 
I know, it was like funded by you, I It start. was funded by them, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's why there's no Paddy Power adverts in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shane Meadows direct Ideal as well. The sitcom? No, that was Ben Wheatley. Oh, Ben Wheatley, yeah. Getting people mixed up, yeah. I feel like Shane Meadows is such an auteur. I can't mm. imagine him directing stuff that he didn't create, write and devise. I'm sure he could. Yeah, he won't be doing like a Marvel film or anything, will he? Uh, no, exactly. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put it past anyone these days. They they all fall. I mean, if, if Ben Wheatley could do the Meg 2, then I'm sure... <laughs> Yeah, but if it means he's got money to make more weird shit films that I like, I don't care. Wait, hang on. Is there a Meg 2? Is it Megalodon? That yep. one? Yeah, directed yeah. by Ben Wheatley. That's coming out soon. Oh, my yeah. God. It's called Meg 2, The Trenches. Oh, I can't wait. Brilliant. <laughs> Is that the demonic AI human doll thing no, no, that's Megan. Megan. <laughs> no the, the Meg is just an enormous shark it's and... just a massive shark oh okay it'd be good if they fuse the two though Megan Latron <laughs> 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 a more recent British film that's been compared to Dead Man's Shoes is Bull from a couple of years ago I, I love oh. Bull Bull's great. Well, it's Neil Maskell being a hard man. Oh, yeah, he, he was cracking. I quite enjoyed it. I found it way, way too bleak, which, you know, I like stuff that's bleak, but it was just like, oh, come on. But then, unlike pretty much everyone else on all the reviews I read online, I really liked the ending. Yeah, yeah, I like the ending. It's chilling. But, yeah, he is awesome, uh, Neil Maskell. Like Dead Man's Shoes is the only horror film with a chicken corn pot noodle plot. I think Bull is probably the only one that's got the line, no one likes a pooey bum. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that scene, right? And I was like, because I don't have kids, I've just got a boyfriend. And, um. (laughs) (laughs) But you say that to him, though, don't you? Well, no, I don't stand in the shower with him going, go on, babe, no one has to play with them. Um, Is that that how, I mean, Izzy, you have children? Yeah, so so does Anne. So we've got four between us. Is that something you said? I mean, do you, when, because I swear as a kid, like, it was just like, go off and wash. I didn't have a parent going, pooey bum. You've got a pooey (laughs) bum. How old is the child in it? Probably about six, six or seven. He's too old for that, really. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was a deliberate choice because he's a little bit of a distant dad and there's all sorts of stuff going on. And maybe he's struggling to connect with his son and he still thinks that he's still a little tiny baby. I reckon that sounds about right because Mm. you wouldn't really say it normally you wouldn't want to embarrass them they'd get embarrassed actually if you said it i think i'm Mm. imagining that this is a british film and not an american one it is yeah 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 Yeah, if it's american be like hey baby no one likes a poopy butt yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a shitty ass (laughs) (laughs) yeah pooey bum just sounds a bit british kitchen sink it does all right so if in the american version what would neil maskell's line i'll cut you from bollock to ass be Oh, wow. oh, it'd be like, I'm going to cut you gooch from gooch to gooch and on the west coast. Yeah. yeah, gooch to gooch. I'll slash your taint. <laughs> I'll slash your taint from Rhode Island to Florida. There we go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm slashing here. <laughs> I've got a top tip for viewers who want to recreate the bull experience. You know the opening scene? Go to Google Maps, look up 3 Harcourt Road, Bexley Heath, and it'll take you to the opening shot of the film and you can pretend you're the driver who gives bull the gun at the start. (laughs) And pretended you were driving by and... Yeah, yeah, pretended. (laughs) I mean, I think it's a great film. The violence is incredible. Neil Maskell is such a... 
He's such a sort of schlubby, cute teddy bear, but you wouldn't want to fucking mess with him. Mm, any of the characters true. he plays. Mm. He does play that character because the first thing I saw of him was Utopia, and he was fucking brilliant. Exactly, he's basically Utopia. Same, yeah. yeah, and every time mm. I see him, I'm like, yes, I'm going to get a schlubby, murderous nutcase who is charming with it. And he's very funny as well, isn't he? Well, I mean, I imagine. <laughs> I'm sure he is. I don't think there's any levity in this film at all, though. I find it funny. I think with the humour, they'll probably compare it to like the guitar scene in Kill List. Mm. When he goes smashes up the guy's guitar. Like There's things like that that are very similar in this. Oh, yeah, that genuinely is a funny scene, though. With Bull, I know, much as I, I liked it, and it, it's beautifully filmed as well, and all the actors are great, um, not just uh, Mr. Maskell, but it's very dark. Well, the scene in the Avatar with, like, are you right-handed? Oh, yeah, no, that, that bit's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, how is so that funny. not funny? I mean, it's horrible, but it's Yeah, I, oh, all right, funny. I forgot about that. That bit is funny, but the rest of it is, is very grim. It's a very bleak world that these characters are in. We've got one more British film in the pile, uh, because you can't do a podcast on male revenge films without including the daddy of them all. Yeah, everyone's favourite, Kung Fu Flid from 2009, <laughs> aka Unarmed But Dangerous. I'm sad I didn't watch this one. I saw the 3.8 on IMDb and I thought, yep, I need to watch it. And then I didn't and I regret <laughs> that now. Well, Matt Fraser, a short-armed man, plays a uh, kickboxer who takes revenge on the gang that abducted his wife and daughter. And um, I mean, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's an experience i'll give it that and also you do get the vibe that everyone making it had a lot more fun than you'd ever get from watching it also where else are you going to see faith from steps saying he gave your son a cunt what yeah, the fuck? <laughs> yeah um, oh, she wow. does say that before acid gets dropped on her head and she melts i feel like we have to watch this Anne and i looked at it and we're like Oh, we don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) That is an absolutely valid response. I did sort of stop at the word flid and thought, I don't think we can do that one. (laughs) It's very, I mean, I I was just like, I I was talking to this, to my boyfriend about this. I I remember when flid was used as an insult in the playground, but we didn't really know what it meant by then. It was one of those words that over time had kind of lost its original meaning. And then just sort of seeing that it's called that, I was just a bit like, but um, yeah. I mean, Matt Fraser wanted it to be called The Flid Father or something yeah. like that. It was his idea to yeah, put it's, that in the title. It's, there's very much that vibe. And there's also, the, there's there's other actors in it who have um, disabilities. The representation side from that point of view is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's an experience. It's one of those films where I watch it and go, mm, I really wish I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can possibly include this in the edit but it is kind of relevant because when Bryony was out with me last night and uh, we went to the Saw experience with my mate Giles who I've been mates with since we were 13 12 13 he produced the come house film he produced uh, the come house yeah girl on the third floor and also let the wrong one in which I almost did as my high but we've done the highs and lows for ages so I, anyway we have a mate for the last 33 34 years who we have called Flid all that time because he once dropped a ruler in biology class. It was the late 80s, early 90s. He dropped his ruler. I said, are oh, you Flid? And it stuck. And I mean, The Inbetweeners is a documentary about our lives as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it last night because I got to sit with you two while you told me the story and I'm, I'm a good 10, 12 years younger than you. And I was like, yeah, we didn't do that at my school. <laughs> no. It's it's well out of order. I'm well I'm aware it's well out of order, but you know, once someone gets a nickname, it's hard to 
Start calling them something else 20, 30 years later, isn't it? <laughs> I think he listens to this. Shout out to Flid. Oh, that's like I went to uni with someone that everyone called Fat Beastie Boy. I don't remember what his name was. It was just Fat Beastie Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which Beastie Boy did he look like the fat version of? Uh... All of them merged into one, I hope. Mostly Mike D, I think. This would have been mid-90s, so there was a lot of kind of Beastie Boys-like fashion doing the rounds. He was a New Yorker, and he was quite nasal, so... I don't know if he knew that his nickname was Fat Beastie Boy, but... <laughs> <laughs> he had a scar on like, on his... I think it was on his face, and like one of the other lads was just sort of like, oh, an American exchange student's got a scar. I bet that's from a cool thing. And one day I overheard the conversation where he went, hey, man, so how'd you get that scar? And... Um, FBB, I've actually forgotten what his real name was, goes, um, yeah, I, I fell off a swing when I was two. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real, that beastie boy. <laughs> All right, if we were a normal film podcast, we'd probably go on about how these tales of male revenge originated in the golden age of the Westerns in the 1940s and 50s, and how 1974's Death Wish brought that kind of narrative into a modern urban setting. Uh, but for me, the most important thing to say about uh, Death Wish was that it was directed by Michael Winner, which means we get a chance to roll out our best Michael Winner impressions. Anyone else? Well, no one wants to do them because if, if you've been a woman at any point in the last 25 years, at some point someone will have looked at you and gone, calm down, dear. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's yeah. where I know him from. Yeah. Though I know when we when we covered the Sentinel, and I, I willed this out then as well, his Wikipedia entry does contain one of the, the most brilliant, ridiculous Wikipedia facts, which was um, something like, Winner directed a movie called The Wonders of Belgium in 1968. It was filmed on location in East Grinstead. <laughs> <laughs> all of his restaurant reviews were really positive because they were all a bit scared of him. The restaurateur, so they'd be like incredibly obsequious. They give him like four million pounds worth of food and the most expensive wine, and afterwards he'd just write, "Oh, lovely time," and they'd be like, "Oh, there you go, you see." <gasps> I just thought of another pun for Dead Man, um, a pastry shop called Dead Man's Shoe. <laughs> An hour later. <laughs> oh, yes, that's 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 wonderful. That's lovely. Really nice written down. I used to have a mate who wrote a live journal in the guise of Michael Winner doing restaurant reviews and it was all like, oh, I covered it in red sauce and then did a sick in my huggies. <laughs> <laughs> a bottom sick, I should say. <laughs> oh yeah, the other thing about Death Wish, which, which bear does Charles Bronson look most like, do you think? Paddington? I was, like, I was like, I was thinking, is it Teddy Ruxpin? And then I looked up Teddy Ruxpin. He doesn't really look like Teddy Ruxpin. Maybe Bungle? <laughs> Bungle? I think, it's, I think it is Bungle, isn't it? <laughs> He looks like Bungle. Yeah, yeah, Bungle in now. a very bad mood. Bungle with a tash. Yes. <laughs> and an AK-47. I, I, no, he really does look like Bungle. I just, I just, I, I really wish I could use Photoshop. Just Photoshop a tash onto Bungle. Oh, yeah. It would be. It would be... Oh, maybe, um, you know, it's not going to be long before we can get AI to to deep fake Bungle into Death Wish. <laughs> That's the sort of thing. Was it um, Dali Mini that everyone was using a little while ago that mashed things up? Because yeah. I got it to do a brilliant thing, which was um, uh, a tiny Noel Edmonds hanging out with Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> but God, 
Godzilla was huge. So how tiny was Noel Edmonds in comparison? Or was it just? He's already quite tiny, isn't he? He is quite tiny. Godzilla's already huge. Noel Edmonds is already small. Well, <laughs> the AI didn't know this, so it made them almost the same height. <laughs> so there was it a... does. So you've, you've contributed to the world's end. It was just a picture of them looking like they were hanging out down the pub doing thumbs up. It was wonderful. I mean, it could be that they were both tiny. Who knows? Anyway. Uh... Alice used to have a bit of material about Alice is my partner who some of you saw at the beginning when I shared my screen. Um, um, he used to have a bit of material about Noel Edmonds where he said he looks like a lion who's gone to a fancy dress party dressed as a human. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's really good. We, we, we end up talking about Noel Edmonds on this podcast quite a lot for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I picked up in, in Death Wish is that Charles Bronson's character... His daughter's husband refers to him as dad and his wife as mum. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's such a weird that thing, is isn't weird. it? Oh, that's an American thing. No, no, no. It's definitely a, just an old thing because my parents used to do that about each other's parents. Really? really? Mm. We thought it yeah. was an American thing. So, like, we were like, is he married to his sister? Like, what yeah. the fuck is going yeah. on? It's really <laughs> and then, reason, yeah, we realised... <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, I've, I've known that. I've, I'm pretty sure like family in Ireland will sort of will refer to like their mother-in-law as um, as mammy. I'm going to start calling my father-in-law daddy. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that has connotations it does, as we discussed yes. on the Gen Z episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jeff Goldblum's first film, isn't it? Yeah. He plays, he plays freak number one. He was brilliant. He must have been really excited to do it. It was like his first... Yeah. Yeah. Good old Jeff. Yeah, plays a gang rapist. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> not the type of role we know him for today. Was he a very charming gang rapist, though? He was a bit clownish, a bit yeah. camp. Yeah, that's the problem I have with the original Death Wish run of films, is the villains in it get increasingly cartoonish and stupid. Yeah. By the time Death Wish 3, there's a guy with, like, um, an off-the-shoulder PVC thing rolling around on roller skates, oh, really? and he's meant to be, like, one of the hardest gangsters <laughs> in New York. Yeah, they do all go around dressed a bit like new romantics slash carnival yeah. workers um so it's hard to take them seriously Absolutely, but then yeah. the violence is really nasty in the mm. original death wish so it's quite surprising because they are so cartoonish and then suddenly they're doing really grim things to these two women in an apartment mm. so it's quite shocking mm. Mm. we had about two and a half hours and we were like do we watch the original death wish do mm. we watch the Bruce Willis Death Wish. Oh, you that... watched the different. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you watched the goddamn Bruce Willis one. <laughs> well, I actually started the Bruce Willis one a bit later on, and I only managed twenty minutes, and then I fell into a deep nap. It was so oh. bad. What is wrong with people? The Bruce Willis one, directed by Eli Roth, is more fun. It's better. Oh, is it better? better? No, I didn't like it's it. No, it's I not. Loved the 1974 film showing. The grimy streets of New York. I loved it. I like it well enough, but I I don't know. I'm just a sucker for Eli Roth's films. And I do think that Bruce Willis is a great Paul Kersey. And also the fact that they make him a surgeon, which mm. is integrated into the plot. Whereas in the original, he's an architect. And throughout Death Wish and its sequels, the screenwriters must have been why the fuck did we make him an architect? <laughs> what are we going to do with that? Oh, I quite liked that he was an architect because I nerdily liked looking at all his architecture models within which you could see the Twin Towers. Did anyone notice ah. that? 
Because he had a New York no. skyline in one of his... They went up in, what, 75? So that must have been a really early model. Did, did Paul Kersey build the I Twin Towers? I think so. <laughs> uh. There's nothing that Bungle can't do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Someone needs to make a conspiracy theory video. It, it all makes sense now. Bungle, Twin Towers. Oh, my God, totally. <laughs> like this spin-off podcast. The one who wasn't Rod, Jane and Freddy got, the, got chucked out. Went and lived in uh, Afghanistan in the mountains for years, grew a long beard. <laughs> Say, I will get my revenge on the rainbow infidels. <laughs> Zippy, I think that would be Zippy. 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 So Bungle lives in one of the Twin Towers and George lives in the opposite one. And they wave yeah. to each other from each tower. Rainbows flying high. <laughs> you know, there's that movie that's just come out that's the Winnie the Pooh slasher film. Um, yeah. cocaine bear no, no it's not cocaine bear it's called um, no. Winnie the Pooh blood and honey yes yeah, it's, it's a slasher movie with Winnie the Pooh in because the Winnie the Pooh stories have gone out of copyright um, somebody needs to do a revenge movie starring the cast of Rainbow oh, and at the end yes. George and Zippy have to work together to fight because they've only got one hand each yes <laughs> there what we go. would come out if someone stabbed them Custard. Yeah, that makes sense. Custard yeah. but mushy peas. <laughs> Maybe George, it would be could be pink custard and um, Zippy, yes. it would be mushy peas. Yes. I think for Bungle, it would be human blood. Yeah, Bungle, it would be human blood, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a really charming, whimsical film until they stab Bungle and then, like, I don't know, they've just killed a man in a costume of shit. <laughs> shit just got real. <laughs> I reckon if you want to get really like body horror David Cronenberg with this concept you stab George and a series of hands fall out <gasps> oh. and then Rory Kinnear <laughs> comes out <laughs> <laughs> and then another Rory Kinnear and then another Rory Kinnear yeah. no they, they, they come out of um, the dying bungle <laughs> yes <laughs> Just a succession of more and more bungles. And then the title appears at the end of the trailer and it says, Bears. And then Brian look at each other going, Bears. Bears. As you know, Cliff, I am not the greatest at technology. Could you really give AI like some facts like make bungle bleed mushy peas? And would it make a film? Could it? Um... Yes, but probably not on the sort of uh, ones you can get on your phone just yet. Okay. But certainly that, that technology is out there. If yeah. you said to AI, write a script, write a scene between yeah, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, really? do that, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, like people on Reddit have been giving AI Always Sunny in Philadelphia like prompts and it writes a whole legit Always Sunny in Philadelphia script that could be from the show. Jesus. Mm-mm. Wow. Is that because the jokes in Shut Always Sunny are very good? Shut up. I'm Cliff, I don't like American things. <laughs> Cliff, do you hate it when people say movies? I, I don't tend really... I let, I, I, no, I, I say movies all oh, the time. I say, yeah, I say movies. Oh, okay. No, Cliff just hates anything American comedy related. Like oh, if you go okay. Simpson, he goes, oh, fucking juvenile. Ugh. But he's never seen an episode. No, that's the thing. I don't, I don't say I don't, I don't say Simpsons is juvenile. <laughs> I say it's not funny. <laughs> I, say, I say the the style of comedy is shit. But normally, you're yeah. so highbrow, Cliff. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I won't watch none of that American shit, but I will watch Anal Death Trap: The Haunting Three because it was made in Stansted. 
<laughs> That's you, that is. So, did anyone watch Death Kiss, the uh, Death Wish kind of sequel starring a Charles Bronson lookalike called Robert Bronzy? That was weird. I enjoyed the fact that every line of dialogue he had was ADR'd. Because he's Hungarian and obviously has an accent. Yeah. Well, somebody decided they wanted to make a Death Wish movie with a guy who looks like Charles Bronson, and they did, so... um... Good luck to them. So do you think, was, was he trying to uh, kind of update what he considered quite a right-wing film, the Death Wish original, by putting in a load of right-wing talking points of the modern day? Or do you think it's just a really fucking nasty film made by an horrible cunt? <laughs> I mean... Because Daniel Baldwin plays a right-wing radio host. He has all these really long monologues about how um, it's all right to be racist sometimes. And I couldn't work out if those were meant to be satire or not. I mean, I suspect possibly, but they... It's a really odd film. It's got loads of shootouts in it that are all really, really slow. It's got like the slowest action scenes ever. It's like everyone's just had a really, really big tea and then had to go and film a scene. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, and there's just like gratuitous boobs, um, which is, yeah, I guess they're trying to do the 70s exploitation thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they've got the glamour girl who gets her tits out. But because the whole film has the exact same sort of greenish colour grading on it, they've obviously just pressed one button and said, yeah, that looks nice in that scene, applied to whole film. <laughs> it means that this glamorous woman uh, has green teeth. Oh. <laughs> well, also there's the bit with the, with the hard-ass guy. She's going, this is what you want, isn't it? And then she gets her boobs out and then he goes, no. And she goes, Ugh. and that's that's it. And you're <laughs> like, green character development. Oh, that reminds you of one. I went to this thing called Hot Tub Cinema once um, where you got in a hot tub on a Shoreditch rooftop um, and watched mm-hmm. a film in the open air and you could pay like £20 and have your own hot tub or £15 and share a hot tub. And me and three of my oh, friends yeah. shared a hot tub with a couple and it was just really weird and very hot and we had to keep getting out. And at the end, the film was Cocktail, and my sister was there and she hadn't seen it and she kept getting really cross because people were talking. I was like, I don't think the point of being here is to actually watch the film. <laughs> and then at the end, in a different hot tub, a young woman in a bikini um, took off her bikini top and poured Prosecco on her boobs and no one was looking. Oh. So she just sort of gingerly put it back on again. And it was like, I was the only one who saw it and I was like, mate... <laughs> That's like an updated version of If a Tree Falls in the Forest. Yes! <laughs> I was like, I get it. I get, I see what you're trying to do. And yeah. Oh, that's so depressing. The thing about them being right wing or not is quite interesting. This is me being serious momentarily. Don't worry, I'll go back to talking about jizz and bungle in a minute. Um, <laughs> but a lot of these revenge films do fit into a certain kind of right-wing shooty bang-bang conservative american mindset what's quite interesting is that death wish and rambo were both like really big cultural touchstones for a while i mean rambo obviously is because we school kids were just like oh i can put my tie around my head and instantly i look yeah. like a look like i'm having fun on the last day of term or whatever but that made me wonder if could you do one of these that doesn't have that kind of undercurrent I mean, obviously you can because we've got some that are slightly more character focused but there's always a sense of dehumanising the criminals in a sort of your classic death wish. You know, this guy's got a nice suburban mm. house and something bad happens and he shoots people. But you never kind of get a moment where you feel for the people that he's shooting. Or What I'm saying is I want to see a socialist one of these where rather than kill criminals, they all get together and shoot bankers in the head. 
And then you have real life stuff like um, Carl Rittenhouse over in the States who travelled like two state lines to kill looters and essentially got away with it because he's being a you know modern day death wish and the right wing in America are, are bloody obsessed with this 17 year old who's like I've got a gun I'm going to kill people mm. and at least Death Wish addresses that there is comment on whether Paul Kersey is targeting black people and they're saying no it's just that most of the muggers that he's targeting happen to be black but I mean that's dubious isn't mm. it because there's a structural problem there and he'd be much better off shooting the bankers who've caused the poverty in the first place and what I think is interesting the main the main group who you know affects his family directly are white and then when you look at um, death sentence um it's white again. It's like it's like the directors are mm. making very. They really want to like make these these kind of old school Rwenge stories, mm. um, but they're also making this really like obvious choice of like. It's like they're going down the whole right wing shooty bang bang thing, but at the yeah, same time they're yeah. like, no, 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 but we're not being racist because like the main bad guy's a white guy. In James Wan's death sentence, the gang they're called. Joe, Billy, Spink, Bones, Hecko, Baggy and Bodie. I think they're kind of white Hispanic. Yeah, but their dad's John Goodman. <laughs> Did you notice how when he kills Joe, they play Hey Joe on the soundtrack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do, <laughs> yeah. I was hoping when Bodie gets killed, they played um, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. <laughs> the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Emily, you mentioned Rambo earlier. Uh-huh. Um, so we watched First Blood and Last Blood for this, not the ones in the middle. Uh, I mean, First Blood doesn't really fit our remit at all. It's got some stabbings uh, and a knife. <laughs> it's got Brian Dennehy in it, who I am always a bit scared of after I saw that TV movie where he played John Wayne Gacy. But, Emily, I think you found someone funny in the credits, which is the main reason we have to mention it. There's a guy whose name is apparently Herb Nanners or Herb Nanners. Is that the one you <laughs> thought was funny? Yeah, because Herb I was Bananas. thinking it sounded like a sitcom. It's about Nanners that sell weed. Right, okay, so you said there's a really funny name in the credits, yeah. and I've checked the credits, I'm like, ah, I know what she's talking about. The best boy is called John Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> no, completely missed that. I, I was looking for the weird names. But imagine being called Herb Nanners, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> You're so sweet, Emily, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the best boy is called John Thomas. That is good, but I was looking for something more whimsical. I don't, not everything has to be dick-based. You say that, Emily, but uh, towards the end of the film, Rambo says this. He's laying there and he's fucking screaming his pieces of them all over me. Just like, like this, and I'm trying to pull him off, you know. And it's my friend, it's all over me. I mean, that'll happen if you pull off your friend. <laughs> yeah, I did have a, did have a chuckle over that. <laughs> Let's get away from that and move on to Rambo Last Blood. I mean, which is probably the most racist film. Rainbow I've this, Last Blood. Uh, episode. Rainbow, I wish yes. it was Rainbow, Rainbow Last, Last Blood. Blood. Rainbow <laughs> Last Custard. <laughs> Did anyone like Rambo Last Blood? I don't no. understand what happened here because even though it's written by Sylvester Stallone, it feels like he hadn't remembered what he wrote with the previous films. Yeah. That he completely forgot everything. It's so weird. It's like, oh, it's Rambo's final outing and we're not going to mention anything he's ever done before. Uh, not going <laughs> to reference his backstory or anything. It's all just, might as, it fucking might, I literally put in my letterbox review, it might as well be Bungle from Rainbow in this film. <laughs> no way! I genuinely put that, yeah. <laughs> I wrote, no one would say, 
oh, this this feels like they just had a Rambo script lying around and decided to put Bungle in it. It could literally be any character at all. It's, it, I don't know why it's a Rambo film. As well as being racist, it's also misogynistic because it's like the girl runs away mm. and she becomes a sex worker. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe they're going to do a, a thing where he's good at, because he's, he's attached to this girl who's not actually a relative, but he feels like he's like her granddad or her dad or whatever. And she's going to take part in the revenge. Nope, dead. Heroin dead, brilliant. She's literally just there to be fridged. I mean, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It, ma- it made yeah. no sense because the last film was just him with a machine gun in the jungle. And that one's really gory. How does a pensioner keep ending up in the jungle? Like, <sighs> just, he does. There's a safeguarding issue there, surely. <laughs> and this one's in his tunnels under his ranch on the Texas-Mexican border. <laughs> tunnels that are apparently based on the ones that the Viet Cong used. Under yeah. Ho Chi Minh City. Oh, right. And he's just got them in his Texas ranch. He's working out his Vietnam trauma in a very unusual way. Oh, yeah, of course. There is that bit of backstory, isn't there? Yeah. But then, of course, like, you know, they could always have said that Bungle was in the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do we know he wasn't? I mean, the look on his face. He's obviously got some sort of trauma, isn't he? Agent Orange turned out to be Zippy. <laughs> I was thinking that Bungle would be on the other side. You know, in Platoon, there's a bit where Willem Dafoe puts his arms up and he gets shot. And it's like slow-mo and that's the, the, the ruined that piece of lovely classical music forever. Because every time you hear that, you're like, oh, Platoon. Or maybe that's just me. Um, no, I do that too. I can't remember what the piece of music because I just know it is the ARG platoon music. But imagine if somebody like, imagine if that was Bungle in that scene. <laughs> He's got like a human arms, obviously, because it's not as effective with the. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> I love this so much. Anyway, John Rambo is a strong, tough guy name. John Thomas is a very funny name if you're childish. <laughs> Bradley Thomas just sounds like some kid you went to school with. And yet, Bradley Thomas is the name of Vince Vaughn's almost supernaturally hard man in S. Craig Zahler's Brawl in Cell Block 99, which is my favourite of all the films we watched for this Oh, this is so fucking good. You forget how good Vince Vaughn is at serious stuff, but he's in that great um, The Cell film. And he plays it straight and really well there. I would never, I mean, obviously my views on American comedy, I would never want to watch a Vince Vaughn comedy film. But um, every time he thumps the living fuck out of someone in this movie, I just, I really laugh. I find him very funny. Well, there's that great bit where one of the guards is like, you don't blink till I tell you to blink. And he just does a cheeky little like, wink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he's he's fucking brilliant this. This is such a good I I was really pleasantly surprised by how good this was, um and how much fun it was and how brutal it was as well, but in like a really enjoyable like this is good brutality. Yum yum yum. This is one film where the um practical effects and well the gore has always got me because it's like really, really, really horrible, but really well done as well. And yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just a ridiculous film. I think he literally kicked someone's face off at one point. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Talking of actors who aren't usually thought of as pumped up action stars, Alexander Skarsgård plays a vengeful Viking in 2022's The Northman. Has anyone watched The Kingdom Exodus, the latest series of Last Montreal's? No, I, but I know, I know he's in soap. that. He's in that playing this really scrawny lawyer who works out of a toilet. <laughs> and going from that to watching him like all pumped up and like, you know, muscly in this. It's, it's, it's really odd. <laughs> How can it be the same person? He's been taking some very weird ro- roles because he's in Infinity Pool as well. I think you're going to say some very weird steroids. It's a very weird roids. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen Infinity Pool yet? Yeah. Is it good? It's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm really looking forward to it. Apparently, he ejaculates in the camera in uh, Infinity Pool. Oh, no. <laughs> that is in the film, yes. I'll tell you what, ejaculating in a pool is something a man only does once in his life. Men. Men. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it great that Alexander got to do it on camera? So... <laughs> Yes. That a precious moment forever it's like that showing his home blessed. home movies it's like this is me learning how to ride a bike this is when i got married here's me jizzing in a camera <laughs> well, it, it's sort of more um it drips into shot that's oh okay <laughs> did he go method or was it yogurt anyway i'm gonna surprise you i've i've never jizzed in a pool but i imagine it's like poaching an egg <laughs> yeah that's what it ends up looking like poached egg yeah yeah that's it yeah I've, I've never poached an egg either, to be fair. <laughs> How do you know what poached egg looks like then? Cause I've, I've been in restaurants. I've been around. I've seen films. <laughs> You've been in a restaurant where they poach it at the table. <laughs> they just jizz on your plate. It's Ooh. weird. It's quite in restaurant. <laughs> so anyway, The Northman. Um, I really liked it. I mean, yeah. it's it's slightly campy. I think um, it reminded me of obviously completely different kind of mythology, but John Borman's Excalibur in that it takes all the um, mm. mythological stuff very, very seriously to the point where you know, there is some campy stuff in there and there's a little bit of kind of absurdity, but I think that's going by like the director's previous films. That's just a thing that he occasionally puts in. That's just his vision. Yeah. It looks wonderful. It's got Bjork in it. She's got a brilliant headdress that's made out of corn. Um, that's just her regular clothes, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. She just turned up in... in <laughs> so just, just, just wear what you wear. She's like, I'm wearing this. And like, okay, cool. Do she that. wasn't even cast. She just wandered on and they started filming. <laughs> yeah. Willem Dafoe turns up and talks about farting. Um, yeah, that, again, that's he just wandered that's on and started filming. <laughs> I think that bat and ball game's really cool. Oh, I don't watch sport, but I'd watch that, I think. Yeah. I, I was watching that and I was thinking, is this how hurling was invented? Because it is... Like an extreme, Ooh. extreme version of that. Izzy, have you ever had to work with a um, an accent coach on anything? Um, no, but there used to be one who taught at drama school, the the, the college that I went to, and uh, she's subsequently done a lot of high profile stuff. Like I think she did Game of Thrones and stuff, um, called right. Roisin. Um, and I do remember having to learn Irish, and I was j- I'm just not great at accents <laughs> okay. generally. Um. Which is weird because I'm musical and I used to think there was some sort of a connection between being musical and doing accents. But for me, it's not there. I can do like five accents and that's it. What are they? What are the five accents? I've got to know now. Oh, okay. Hello. Hello. It's lovely to be on this podcast. I love horror. Right. So that's Northern. (laughs) 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 Um, Midlands, my own. Uh, I think that counts as one of the five. Um, Hello, boys and girls. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke, yeah. Okay. Cockney. Um, is, that, is that Cockney? <laughs> That's good. Anne, Anne's not even a performer and she can do too. I'm very good at Cockney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <there you laughs> <go>. Welsh. <laughs> um, Any more? Uh, hi, guys. It's great to be here on Skype <laughs> talking about horror. You trying to be Jerry Hall? I don't know what that is. But... <laughs> I think that's, just, that's the Jerry Hall attempt. Yeah, that's Jerry. <laughs> Eastern European, sort of. Oh, here we go. Here's, here's the problematic one. I can do my friend from Slovenia. Can... Why? <laughs> this is Slovenian. Easy. Why are you done to speak the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Why that line in particular? Um, I'm basing it on my friend who's sort of 
you used to be, we used to have, well, we had quite an intense friendship, you know. Is he? You have European soul. <laughs> to say things like that. I think that's it. Oh, Essex is sort of different. Hello, I don't really know very much about horror, but I like talking to people. <laughs> oh I hope you get cast in like a million roles from this podcast. Oh my god! Me yeah, too. that could be your showreel. How brilliant! <laughs> but all of them in one film. Yeah. You could be a woman. The sequel to Men. Yes. So you, you didn't expect to get my whole CV, did you? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds to me like they probably had six accent coaches on the Northman, and they were all doing their own thing <laughs> because there's no consistency in how any of the actors talk in it. And um... isn't a Nicole Nicole Kidman's in this? Is just like, all right, I'm Nicole Kidman. I'm from Skarsgård. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Finland. <laughs> Wreck it off, I'm a fucking Viking. <laughs> That's what she says. All the way through, that's her catchphrase. Wreck it off, mate. <laughs> fucking Vikings. Anyway. Um, <laughs> to be fair, they didn't know what people sounded like back then and they would have all been speaking different languages anyway. Or they'd be, they'd be more like, kill or aim Viking. Oh no, my mum is dead. I've not seen the film. Anyway. <laughs> We've got time for one more for our second feature with Rutger Hauer starring as a hobo with a shotgun from 2011. What about hobo with a shotgun? Did anyone? Yeah, yeah we didn't it. watch hobo sure. with a shotgun. <laughs> we decided against it because we, yeah, no, it's it's, shit. it is shit. Um, the, the opening establishing <laughs> shots quite nice. It looks authentically grainy 70s, and um, Rutger Hauer's good because he always is good or was good. R.I.P. Oh, and the song on the end credits was from the 80s kids cartoon show, The Raccoons, which I loved when I was a kid. And I was like, I know this power ballad. And I was like, oh, my God. So that that lifted it to being slightly less shit, but it was still rubbish. From one hobo to another now with our second feature, which is Jeremy Selnia's 2013 film Blue Ruin. I apologise for the mystery. He's going to be released. It's an awful thing he did to them. So, you're like, in this. Yeah. Yeah. And no, he's out, if that's why you're here. I'd forgive you if you were crazy, but you're not. You're weak. You missed from two yards? I'm switching you to Buckshot. This is ugly, man. By my count, that's two of yours and two of mine. I don't know how this ends, but I'd like it to. A man who lives in his car finds himself out of his depth when he reignites a feud between his own family and a clan of violent criminals. There's one scene that has always stayed in my head um, for its uh, realism. Um, When he wants to wee on a grave... Um, he drinks two glasses of water and they show the whole scene. And I don't know why that scene always stays in my head, but it's just the, the realism. You've got to drink that much water to prepare to wee on a grave. Yeah. <laughs> that whole scene reminded me of the time that I inadvisedly took on like a prop art director role for a friend of mine 
shooting a short film and he's like I need like a 60 to 90 minute long stream of piss so I was like yeah I could probably do that <laughs> so I had a series of pipes and some like apple squash but it wasn't enough and I just remember being shouted at by my friend for not having enough piss <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting flashbacks to being shouted at because I didn't have enough pee on Brighton Beach and uh, I'm watching it I was like that's really shit pee and that's a quick shock because they didn't have enough pee like I didn't have enough pee did you say 60 to 90 minutes or seconds you said minutes I was like oh, did I? oh I meant seconds yeah. um, <laughs> there was a moment where I was like somebody needs to go to the doctors and it might be me um, <laughs> no it was 90 seconds like it was 90 seconds but even that's like quite long like quite long yeah yeah. For a film. Yeah. That grave scene when I was watching it, I guess this is how invested I was in the film. I was thinking, well, you know, you're making a film, you need a gravestone with the name of the dead person etched in it. How would they have done this? They wouldn't have got a proper stonemason to do it on stone. It's probably wood, but they, even wood, you, you could probably just use cardboard and paint it up properly. And then he starts pissing on it. And I thought, I wonder if they tried that and then realised that the cardboard was <laughs> a little soggy and it didn't really work and... Oh, the magic of filmmaking, eh? We really liked that he didn't speak for we ages. Gonna, we were going to time it, weren't we? Yeah, it was about, I don't know, it felt like about 25 minutes, but it probably wasn't that long. And then he went into a shop and asked for some stamps. And that was the first time we mm. heard him speak. We thought he was a brilliant... I mean, I say keep saying we as if um, we're a couple. <laughs> You're one we entity. do spend an awful lot of time doing this. We, Anne and I thought that he was a brilliant actor, didn't we, Anne? Yes, we did. I liked his haunted <laughs> eyes. His eyes were full of struggle all the way through. I love it. You guys are like a critical pantomime horse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can't disagree because we're forever. So <laughs> <laughs> you go in different directions, and yeah. also just that the whole thing. <laughs> this film reminded me of like a sort of a Coen Brothers movie, like Blood Simple yeah. specifically, or something like Fargo, where you've got people who feel relatively ordinary at least to start with but they're in too deep and it just gradually keeps getting worse and worse and worse i like the fact that he could have been doing all that stuff with the full hair and beard but then when he shaved he was quite like schlubby and yeah just, he looked like a, just an old metal kid especially when he met up with his mate it was like you're just a schlubby and you've shaved your beard and there's your chin sorry um <laughs> I just thought he looked a bit like a sort of slightly scared toddler all the way through. Like you could tell what he looked like as a little child. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. he was an adult and it made it quite... But that worked because like yeah. when it all happened, he essentially was a child. Mm -hmm. So then yeah, maybe that yeah. was the, the point of it. Oh. Maybe he's sort of stuck in a kind of child phase. I essentially like the idea of the film, which is like a revenge film from someone who's just not really any good at it. They're just trying to blag it, you know, and keep fucking up. There's things about it I find annoying, like even just the names of the characters, Dwight Evans, Wade Cleland, you know. Uh, but then, I mean, to be fair, the actor's called Macon Blair, which is an equally annoying name. But um, I don't know, it's just so mumbly, isn't it? It is a little bit mumbly. It is a bit, yeah. And it feels like, it feels like the film itself is tired. Everyone in it looks tired and the film itself feels tired. And I just wish, just wish that it all just... They just had a bit of a kick up the arse, and what would have made it better for you, though, Cliff? What what exactly would have made it better? I think pointing at walls would have made it better for um, twenty minutes. Nothing <laughs> better. You could do a whole YouTube channel, which is just reviewing the walls in different movies. Oh, that oh, definitely yeah. exists. Well, maybe this is why I felt more empathy with the gravestone. I'm more interested in the gravestone. <laughs> I got really confused at the end. I thought there were too many brothers and too many relatives of mm. Wade. 
Wade's family. And there was more than one Wade, which also was confusing. Yes, I never liked that. Yeah. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a Wade and a Wade Jr., of course, yeah. I don't like that either. I get that that happens, but this isn't real life, so just make it a bit easier for us to know who you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I really like it in EastEnders when characters who were introduced ages ago, but they've left come back but there's already a new character with their name so like you get periods where like there's two billies or something and they're not related to each other but there was two rickies recently that's kind of what happens in real life like i know more than one cliff it's weird are you okay with that that i know like three cliffs you know three cliffs (laughs) i know three cliffs i don't even know two do you know cliff richard Not personally. Okay. I'll never tell, no. Um, I know a social worker called Cliff. One is you, and, you know, you're the OG. Another is a a guy I did my master's art degree with, and another is a a social worker I work with. So one of them's in Brighton? Two of them are in Brighton. Oh, dear. All three? All three Cliffs are in Brighton? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, all three of you are. I'm going to fuck some men up. Yeah, it can be only one. <laughs> I, after we finish recording, I'm going out there with my weapons, <laughs> whatever they may be. Oh my God, it's going to be a revenge film. I'm getting the old gang together. I'm calling up Bungle. And the film is called Cliff's Edge. Yes. Oh, oh, no. can, yes. We, can, we, can we relocate it? Can we set it in Dover? No, because I don't have the money for and that. And call it Three White Cliffs of Dover. No, I've got an iPhone and about a 50-minute attention span. We're doing it down the road from mine. Then what about, there's a short film before that called Cliff's Edge, and it's like a Cockney guy called Cliff who loves his hedge. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll I'll take the role, but you'll have to dub it. That's fine. I love my edge. Izzy, you can play the hedge. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm just the humble hedge. (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. This is how interesting Blue Ruin was as a piece of film. I quite liked it. And also there was one bit that really made me laugh, which is just very obvious, very kind of like 90s indie comedy type vibe where him and his sister are having the really, really intense conversation in the cafe. And then a man at the next table goes, sorry, have you guys got some ketchup? Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. obvious bit, but it was I quite like that. It's nice. It's no I'll have what they're having. Is no. It? A crisis. <laughs> <laughs> a crying crisis. <laughs> oh, bollocks. I've accidentally heated up my dish of revenge. Oh, well, while it cools down, (laughs) we can play a round of scary noises. So the way we play this, I'm going to play you pairs of clips from horror films. One half of each pair will be from one of the films we've been talking about on this episode. The other half won't be. Bryony, you have only won two of the last ten games. I know. So you've got extra help this Thank month. You. Where you've got Izzy and Anne on your team. And you're against Emily and Luke, of course. So I haven't won for about six months? <laughs> no, like that's that. not true. But you have only won two out of the last ten. Fuck. You've won recently, just not not very many. Was that when CJ was on, though? Because CJ paid attention to films. No, you last won when High Contrast was on. Mm. I only win when Grammy Award-winning artists are on, so get more of them. (laughs) Get Kanye on, and I'm sure I'll win again. (laughs) Let's not get Kanye on. You have to do a lot of editing. No, he'd love to be on with me, a Jewish woman. It'd be great. We'd get on like a house on fire. He might set my house on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Your first pair of scary noises 
is as follows. No, 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 not totally alone. I got this little dude, Steven Seagull, here, keeping me company. Show me a wing. You fix them for you, Chloe? It's Friday. Um, is the music from Bull? No. Mm-hmm. Did you get the dialogue? No, I Friday? didn't. Is he, Anne? Okay, um, Luke and Emily, can you get the music and dialogue? No, 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 not totally alone. I got this little dude, Steven Seagull, here, keeping me company. Show me a wing. I fixed him for you, Chloe. I just don't want you guys to worry, and I don't want you to feel, um, you know, bad or anything, because I love you so much. Is the music from the original Death Wish? It is. Uh, and the dialogue's The Shallows. It is. You get a bonus point. Mm. Three to Luke and Emily. Off to a strong start. Uh, Number two. Not only are you a man, you dine like a king. (laughs) Yes, Luke? Uh, The dialogue is the Northman. It is. Do you get the music? Skin him a rink. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) is. Another another three-pointer. Wow. Okay. Is that actually? Yeah, yeah, I was from Skinner Marink, yeah. It's an excellent scene, by the way. Just looking at a cartoon on the telly for about <laughs> ten minutes. Next to a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the exact shot. I think it might be two-thirds wall, one-third TV show in a cartoon. And a bit of carpet. Mm. What's the perfect ratio of wall to carpet? That's the question. It's a really chilling moment, honest. <laughs> um, number three. Oh. And Torch, it's really your fault. You vouched for the little prick, said he was a stone-cold killer. Fuck you, man. Hey, I fucking thought he was, boss. I am. I can kill. Please, I'm a stone-cold Shut the yes, fuck up. Uh, is the music Death Sentence? No. Mm. Okay. Dialogue? No, I don't know that one. Izzy and Bryony, can you get the music and dialogue? Oh. And Torch. It's really your fault. You vouched for the little prick, said he was a stone-cold killer. Fuck you, man. Hey, I fucking thought he was, boss. I am. I can kill. Believe me, I'm a stone-cold shut the... Shut him the fuck up, man. I can kill... Hold him tight. I'm gonna cut his little dick off. I feel like Paul Verhoeven was involved in it. With the dialogue, but I mean the music. Uh, Why did it might be Blue might be Ruin? Blue Ruin music? Mm. It's going to be a no. No, uh, it's a total no. Uh, the <laughs> dialogue was from Death Kiss, oh. and the music was from Glorious. Ah. I don't know what that is. That's the problem. You keep playing. It's the one about the glory hole. Not watched it. <laughs> don't know what it is. Which film about the glory hole? There's so many. It's a vast genre. <laughs> so halfway, it's 6-0 to Luke and Emily. Here's number four. Confusing if you're just starting to learn about it, but there does seem to be a pattern. You do the challenge and then you start to change. Right, right. The video. It's like a conduit. It can access your dreams. The deepest things. You keep hitting it and then then it changes, yeah. No. Mm-mm. No idea. No, no. idea. The sound, the music was from Brawl in Cell Block 99. That's the oh, electric yeah. collar thing he's got. That's not music. That's diegetic sound. <laughs> but you can do, you can sing it. You, you can hum it. <laughs> yeah. There you go, it's music. No, I'm sorry. That's not music. 
It'll do. And the dialogue was from We're All Going to the World's Fair. You've gone mad with power. <laughs> You're going mad because you've scored nothing. That's all. Here's number five. The evil has been contained. What? Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're okay. Are you okay? No, there was a werewolf outside. You saw the werewolf? Yeah. He saved me from it. Oh, the music's from... Oh, shit. Oh, meow. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> meow. Purge? Not the purge, no. Anyone get anything? Nope. No. no, the music was from Death Sentence by Charlie Clouser. Oh, do you know what? Because it sounded like James Wan music. It sounded like Saw. Yeah, the da na 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 He loves a bit of yeah. like, yeah. I'm James Wan. <laughs> bit of the old, <laughs> And the dialogue was from Annabelle Comes Home. So the last pair, here we go. No man who has a defect may come near. No man who is blind. Yes, Emily. Uh, the dialogue is from Kung Fu Fled. Yes, and did you get the music? <laughs> no, I did not. You get the point, but you also have to have said that out loud. Exactly. <laughs> Was it worth it? Uh, Luke, did you get the music? Um, no. Am I allowed to say what I think? Yes. I'll play it through again, though. Yes, please. No man who has a defect may come near. No man who is blind. No man who is lame. No man who is disfigured or deformed. No man who is hunchbacked or dwarfed. No man who has any eye defect. No man who has damaged bollocks. Okay, Izzy. It sounds like it's from one film, but it's actually from another. Okay, so I think it sounds like it could be from Death Sentence. From Death Wish. No, it's from Death not Wish. at all. No, it's not. No, because basically the way the game works, the way the game works, like he's Johnny Saw. Um, he does one from <laughs> the, the films that we watch and one from another horror oh, film. Oh, that's right. So if the dialogue is from Kung Fu Flid. Flid, it's from a, a general horror film. And it's from either Psycho or um, Reanimator. It's from Psycho. Yeah, I think it's from Psycho, actually. If it's no, from it's from Reanimator. It's from Reanimator. <laughs> yeah. Because it had it's more beats. It's very different. It's for had more beats. No, it is the same. It's the same. It's similar, but that section I chose is not Psycho. Give me one point because I said Reanimator as you said Reanimator. Just give me one. Don't make me lose 6 0. Give That's me one. 7 0. No! Good, Emily. <laughs> So, Luke and Emily, your prize is a uh, night with the Death Wish star, Charles Bronson. <laughs> Brian E, Eddie and Anne, your prize is a night with the notorious prisoner, Charles Bronson. It's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> oh, he's out soon, though. It's fine. <laughs> he won't be out. Eddie yeah. um, and Anne, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hopefully your bloodlust has been sated. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Is he the person who's got lots of creative endeavours or and the member of the general public? <laughs> Um, my book is available to buy. It's called Jane is Trying and it has a derelict house in it, which is slightly spooky. <laughs> <laughs> As your debut novel. Yes. Anne? I'm just a member of the general public. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
next time we'll be covering post-screen slashers, including Cherry Falls, which is Brian's choice, and uh, as winners of Scary Noises, Luke and Emily. What do you want She's to pick for the feature? Valentine. <laughs> I was going to say Valentine, but Emily, what do you? Yeah. Um, yeah, Valentine's a really strange film. I wouldn't mind talking. Yes, let's, do it. let's go for Valentine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a one. This is fine with me. Uh, but more importantly, on the episode after that, we'll be discussing gateway horror films, as in the kind of stuff we watched as kids that got us into horror in the first place, and not just us, but you guys too, listeners. So tell us what your gateways into horror were, and we'll add a few of your selections to the pile. Uh, while you're here, Izzy and Anne, um, what were your own gateway horror movies out of interest? The Shining. Okay, yeah. Um, the first time I remember being really scared, I can't remember the name of this film, but it they it was about Halloween. It was American. So Halloween. It's <laughs> <laughs> really weird. I think it might have been. And they kept singing this song in it, and it was like eight four days till Halloween. Halloween, Halloween three. three. Okay, yeah. So yeah. That, that's what it was. And it yeah. was at um, my friend Carol's house, and my mum wouldn't have let me watch it. That was the first time I remember being really scared through watching a film, and I loved it. I mean, that's an absolutely fucking. Bad. No, it's a brilliant. Do you movie. remember the story I told about that particular song? Yes. <laughs> that particular song is like for some reason on our general like music mix and sometimes on a couple of occasions like me and my boyfriend be getting like into it and then out of nowhere it'll be like three what is the Halloween? <laughs> 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 it's like we just have to continue. <laughs> Especially as it isn't that long. Like um to get up and like fast forward it would be so more arduous. Yeah, you may as well just, <laughs> just go with it. <laughs> oh no, now I'm picturing him pulling out, getting up. <laughs> put the next track on it. Oh, it's finished anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Shamrock. It's great. It works. It's good. All right. Well, as for our lovely listeners, please tell us your gateway horrors. Tell us on Twitter at DevilX5. We're on Facebook, or you can email us at dx5podcast at gmail.com. Uh, a few of you have got in touch about that already, so thanks for that. And let's get some more suggestions in, please. All right, that's everything. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you are going to seek revenge, the first thing to do is to dig two graves because then they think you're going to kill two people and they'll be even more scared because they'll think you're fucking rock hard, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to sign off. Wow. <laughs>